Hey everyone, it's Jake here. Welcome to a brand new episode of the High Performance Podcast. Welcome to a significant episode of High Performance, not just because of the guest who's joining us, but also this is episode 100. And it may well be the first time that you've joined us and you're looking forward to tapping into the greatest leaders, thinkers, sports stars, entrepreneurs and entertainers on the planet, letting them be your teacher. Or it might be that you've already heard every episode. It may well be that you were inspired by episode one when we were joined by Rio Ferdinand, that you loved the conversation that we had with Ben Ainsley on episode 22, that perhaps Sir Clive Woodward or James Timpson were people who you really related to and appreciated us talking with. Maybe the conversation with Johanna Conter on episode 79 or Paul McGinley on episode 78, the former golfer, were things that really grabbed your attention. Maybe you enjoyed the conversation on episode 91 with the actor Sam Hewen. Maybe it was Eric Dyer at the beginning of the most recent series we've done, which was episode 97. Or maybe, last time out, Vicky Patterson, episode 99, was something that really made you think. I just want to say a really big thanks to all of the 100 guests who've joined us until this point on the High Performance Podcast. I want to say thank you to you, to the tens of millions of people around the world who download this podcast every single week, who absorb it, and then who reach out to us on Instagram. I feel a, a little bit choked up, actually, because this was at one point just a kind of grand idea. I had no concept of how big it would become or the number of lives that it would touch. But every single day when you amazing people send us messages on social media or you track down email addresses or at times home addresses and write to us and let us know what you think of high performance, um, that is the energy for us. So for the best part of two years, thank you so much for letting us into your lives, into your world and allowing us to tap into the minds of others to lift you up where you need it. And I really think that you're going to agree with me when I say that episode 100 is a significant one, but also the conversation is a significant one as well. I have wanted this man on my podcast for so long. I find him incredibly inspiring. I love not just his outlook on life, but I love the way that he created a brand as strong as he has and the energy and the desire and the drive that he has for multiple ideas, usually multiple ideas every single day. But I think that there's an awful lot that we can learn from the conversation you're about to hear. Because today, this is what awaits you on episode 100 of the High Performance Podcast. This thing of, of dealing with failure has been so key. You know, you've got to have a plan, but it's going to be a stumble. You know, and you're going to trip and you're going to fall and you've got to, you've got to get back up. Most people run at the first sign of battle, you know, as soon as it gets hard and the storm and the rains comes. But if you treat those things as like, ah, hey, good, we're in the fight, here we go, you know, game on. And, and I think opposition ultimately is a chance to distinguish ourselves. It's a chance to show what we're really made of. Value the real things above the, the unreal things. Value the friendships, the relationships, the, the peace in your heart, the important things in life over the fluff. The great thing about life is that all those things we talked about with Sebastian at the beginning, you know, about good-looking, sporty, academic people at school, those are all natural talents. But never give up spirit is, is a muscle that all of us can trade. It doesn't matter. It's not a God-given thing. You only get it by, by practising it and, and by failing lots. And I like that because it's a, it's a leveller. So there you go, Bear Grylls. Uh, not just Bear Grylls, actually. My son Sebastian is about to make an appearance early in this episode. Seb was very excited and... He left the room for a little bit 
just after he'd said hello to Bear, but after that he sat and he absorbed everything that Bear said. And I would really encourage you, um, if you are listening to this on your own, just get your kids around you if that's possible. Um, if your kids are already at school or things are going on, then I also think that um, you need to don't have to save it. You can listen to it now, but please make sure that you allow your children to listen to this. If you're a teacher, I think this is a great one to pass on to your pupils at school. Um, and if you enjoy what you hear, please share it on Instagram, put it on WhatsApp, shout about it, let other people hear it. And if you can rate and review this podcast, it also makes a huge, huge difference to the amount of people that get to see it because of the way that the algorithms work. So if you can rate us, if you can review us, if you can share us, I will be forever grateful. Talking of sharing, Today, the awe-inspiring Bear Grylls is the man who shares his thoughts on the 100th episode of this anniversary. We hit a century straight after this. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. So today on the podcast, we're joined by a true global star. Not only that, I'm humble enough to admit that if you asked my son, six-year-old Sebastian, who's the biggest inspiration in your life, Seb, the answer would actually be this man's name, not mine. Now, Seb, who is naturally quiet and softly spoken, comes alive when he's outside. In fact, he recently did a whole school project on outdoor exploring inspired by our guest. The first bit of advice he gave on the video that he showed the class was to watch this man's TV show. And... You see, this is relevant because from TV shows like Running Wild or You vs. Wild to his work as a chief scout, to looking to change how we educate with his Becoming X schools program, to bringing more women into the armed forces through his Be Military Fit courses, this is a person who connects, who inspires and who empowers. But what we're really interested in is what is the secret to cutting through in a world where there is so much noise and so much choice? It's time to find out. Welcome to High Performance Bear Grylls. Nice to have you with us. Hey, Jake. Yeah, thank you. Such a uh, such a nice introduction. I think um, uh, an alternative introduction could go. Bear Grylls spends far too much time watching YouTube fails, <laughs> ski crashes, and uh, drinks 30 cups of very milky tea every day and aches and hurts when he gets up in the morning more and more. So you see, Bear, that would tie in with the experience that a lot of people have with life where they look at the things that perhaps they're less proud of than the things they are really proud of so let's start with that then like how kind are you to yourself because the one big issue we have at the moment is we live in a world where people are not kind enough to themselves so what have you learned in that regard yeah that's an interesting question um First of all, to Sebastian, your son, what a what a champ! Will you send him? Will you send him lots of encouragement and, yeah. and love and strength for all of his stuff ahead? You know, because that's ultimately that. why. Well, he's sitting in the corner listening into every word you say. So is he? Um, Go on, get in, yeah. get him to hop in front of the camera quickly. Do you mean to get him to say a quick hello, Sebastian? Yeah, would you just come here for me, mate? Stick your headphones on. Right, he can hear you now. Hey, Sebastian, how are you doing, buddy? Bear Grylls here. You okay? Yes. Tell me, what are you into? What do you love doing? Are you sporty? Exploring. 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 Amazing. Amazing. Well, it's really nice to meet you. 
and um, I look forward to we'll get together sometime in person and, and maybe your dad can keep me updated on all your adventures all I would say is keep going keep going you know it's uh, life is a great adventure as you know and ultimately adventure is a state of mind you know wherever we are in the world whatever situation tough times good times it's a state of mind and courage kindness and never give up spirit those are your three things for life but uh, you're gonna smash it my friend and nice to meet you give me a thumbs up Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. You take care, buddy. Well done, Sebastian. What a champ. What a champ. It's interesting, isn't it, Bear? Because um, as he heads off out the room, you know, we live in a world where it's the overt kids that everybody wants to be around. And when you have someone who's quietly spoken, but actually yeah. really confident, I spend my life trying to explain that there is confidence there. But yeah. you don't have to be loud to be successful in this world. No, you don't. You don't. And do you know what? I, 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 you can tell straight away he's got just a great spirit about him. And and it's such an interesting thing, this thing about confidence and stuff. And and it's things about school, as you know, as a parent. School, the currency at school tends to be celebrates the sporty or the academic or or maybe even the good looking. You know, those are the things that carry weight at school. And uh you know, but as we know, th- those things count for very little in life, and the currency of life is the opposite of that. The currency of life is resilience and, and, a, and a positivity and a never-give-up spirit. And, you know, I think one of the dangers for young people is the superstars of school, and how often do we hear that the superstars at school don't always find life quite so easy? But my theory on this, which I'm sure you kind of understand, is that If it's all too easy, the one muscle you need in life, which is the inner muscle of the never give up resilient muscle, gets a bit weak. But we have the big outer muscles and all the trophies and the school thinks you're amazing because you come first and get A's. But actually little Johnny, who's never picked for anything, but never gives up and is just kind and tries his best and fails and gets up again and nobody really even notices he's getting up again for the hundredth time. He leaves school maybe not the the big biceps or the trophies, but he leaves school with the one thing that matters, and it's that million-dollar check, a currency of life, the resilience inside, the strong inner muscle. So, you know, for a, a, a young young boy like Sebastian, like your son, of which there are many, many, as you know, in the, in the world, who often, you know, and I see this with my own kids, often school overlooks a little bit, you know, because you're not that loud or, or, or sporty or brilliant or whatever, you know, in, in school terms. He's going to be great in life, you know. He's going to be great in life, and and take heart, and um, you know, good for him. What a what a what a what a great kid. So, Bear, can I ask you a question then? And I'm asking this from the perspective of a parent, and we have lots of parents that listen to this podcast. How do we develop those characteristics that you've just described? What can we be doing as parents to help our young people? Encourage them that it's okay to fail, you know, and that and reward and praise and honor resilience you know, and celebrate, never give up spirit, you know, and, and, and giving kids permission to kind of, that it's great to fail, you know, failure is purely a stepping stone to get to where you want to go. You cannot, little Johnny, little Sebastian, little Joanna, you cannot achieve anything meaningful in life, as you guys both know, without going through the door of failure, not once, not twice, but many, many times. And, and, you know, school doesn't teach this enough, but it is key. And I think as as parents, you know, the, what do they say? The best parenting summed up in three words. 
example, 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 you know, but for us as parents and as human beings and people, we just need to live that. We need to be resilient. We need to embrace the failures. And, and, and you know, it's that Churchill thing of success is going from one failure to the next and no loss of enthusiasm. And I always love that because it's, it's so key for life. So I think you're right in the sense we fight a tidal wave of, of a different mentality often with the school system. But in terms of how do we build it is we encourage it. And every time they fall down and don't get picked, we go, good for you, good for you. You're still smiling, unbelievable. You're still being kind to your person who you sit next to, good for you. You're never giving up. So there was that incident a few years ago, Bear, that hit the mainstream press of um, where your son was left on an island just in North Wales when the um, the lifeboats came and rescued him. Was that part of your teaching to him about developing resilience and grit? <laughs> no, <laughs> it, no, it wasn't. That was well. We live up in North Wales. It's a place we love. Yeah, I know the. We own a own a little island up there. This sounds much more grand than it is. It's kind of a rock in the middle of the sea with a lot of rain right. and a lot of wind. But it's um, but it's been home for us for a, a long time, and we love it, and we love the community up there, and and obviously sort of. Uh, boats and, and swimming and, and all that stuff is, is part of the daily commute back and forward. And the lifeboat crew are a great part of our life and great friends. And we often do little exercises with them. They come out on their Wednesday night when all the other boaters have gone in and it's dusk and they we set up little training exercises and we've done, we've done it. We did it for many years. Um, and I'd pull ketchup over myself and lie on <laughs> unconscious in the back of it, bottom of a little rubber dinghy or whatever. And they'd come and rescue me. And it was always, always quite fun. I did one, one year with our son. We put him on this little outcrop of rocks and, uh, but you know, we, it wasn't dangerous. We backed off like 50, 50 yards and then, you know, they came and did their thing. But I think, um, it got blown up into like, Best training a son to be like, you know, <laughs> crazy survivor ninja. He's got to survive weeks stranded on a rocky outcrop. But um, it wasn't quite as dramatic as that. Uh, it's interesting, though, because the reason why the press decided to probably make a big thing of that, right, is because it plays into the narrative about you, right? So I've seen and listened in preparation for this to so many interviews and they, you know, and not to be critical of other people, but they all sort of do the same thing. They talk about your childhood, talk about your parents, talk about your military career, talk about your accident, talk about Everest. I'm really interested, though, in what, what has come next, how you've got to the point where actually you are a global brand, which is a horrible word, but it is. And that's why stories like that end up in the way they are. So was it a grand plan for you to get to this point where you're sitting talking to us today about all those amazing things that we mentioned at the top? Or... Is there an element of stumbling at times unplanned to this point? I think it's really useful for people because we now live in a world with social media and things where your passion really can become your purpose in life. So how how did you do this? I think it's a combination of both. I think it's a, a, a series of stumbling through the plan rather than stumbling unplanned. But there is a plan. Yeah, there is. a there. There's always been. I've always had really clear goals you know I think um it's been I look back now and I realize the importance of that you know I think as humans we work really well when we're focused when we have something to aim on I mean my grandfather used to say it so well he used to say it's really hard in life to get to where you want to go when you know exactly where you want to go it's it's hard 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 but it's near impossible if you don't even know where you want to go and I always kind of related to that and um so yeah, from a young age, I set goals, you know, and my mum was always encouraging of that. And she was ahead of her time, really. But um, 
you know, from from really young, you know, I, I had that goal of Everest. That was a huge dream. It was a written goal. It was a visual goal. It was a poster on the wall, you know, and, and all through my teenage years. I mean, it's funny. I just had my mum's 80th birthday and she brought along to the family gathering all these old photos and old kind of things she's found in the back of the, you know, cupboard. And one of them was my old school folder, you know, from when I was like 11 or 12. And... My kids f- loved the f- opening. They couldn't believe it, you know, and there it was. It was going, I will pass common entrance. Yes slash no. Yes, with some big muscle kind of emoji <laughs> things next to it, a thumbs up and, you know, list of goals and you know, the list of things and this and what, on the kind of, as doodles on the side. And I don't know. So I suppose that's been hardwired into me from a young age. But one thing that's true is that the plan has never gone to plan and no plan as they say as soldiers say no plan survives first contact with the enemy you know and I think that why this thing of of dealing with failure has been so key you know you've got to have a plan but it's going to be a stumble you know and you're going to trip and you're going to fall and you've got to you've got to get back up and um, you know but the one thing I'm sort of at pains to say on this sort of interview as well is that I'm really regular as a, as a human being. I'm a really, I, I'm not a kind of, you know, when I see the word high performer, it's quite a terrifying phrase really and and can make people feel a bit crap, yeah. you know. And so I don't look at myself as a high performer. I look at myself as somebody much more who's um, just been quietly resilient and, and failed and not got put off by things and try to innovate and try to listen and try to be persistent and I look back to those times at school I was never never the superstar truly I was never the superstar and people kind of almost expect that I was super sporty or stand out or whatever but I wasn't you would have lost me in a crowd and I think that's a really powerful message Bear, that people can hear but if you don't mind I'd like to just pause at that bit and explore this goal setting then that you describe and teach us how anyone listening to this, wherever we are in life, whatever position we hold, can take what you learn and apply it to our own lives. So would you tell us a little bit more about beyond the, I've heard you use that phrase, you pump out to the universe what you want to achieve. If that's the starting point, tell us how we take it further. I think um, keep it simple, you know, keep it simple. It doesn't have to have a whole book and a whole bunch of formulas and manuals but I do think as humans we work best with that focus so for me I'm continually writing down goals in different areas in in our work staff and in relational staff you know you know I I write write down family first you know it's got to come before work and stuff this next year you know guard above everything try to guard above everything my relationship with my with my wife and with my children, you know, it matters more than anything else. Guard that first, you know, so I have these things kind of written down, you know, all the way down to like physical training goals through to, you know, you know, personal kind of dreams and things I'd really love to do, whether even if it's like, I want to take, um, you know, my middle son really wants to join the Navy. I'm going to take him on a visit down to the Navy to get, you know, I write all these things down because as you know, life can overrun us. And when we're busy as parents and busy at work, unless we kind of have, keep coming back to these things, so they, they tend to get lost. So I do, I write them down and, I'm, and I adapt them, you know, sometimes like things change and that's, that's fine. You don't, don't want to beat yourself up about it. And, you know, Jake, back to your first question, which I still haven't answered, which is, Am I kinder to myself now? I think, um, I hope so. I hope so. I think, um, 
life life does enough beating up of us as it is, doesn't it? And and we've got to all try and not beat ourselves up about it. And therefore, goals shouldn't be a we shouldn't be a slave to these goals, but they're here to help us, aren't they? To help enrich our lives and make our lives more focused, more positive, more fun. And um, you know, they could be simple things like just carving out an evening a week with the family. You know, they don't have to be all kind of, you know, financial or, you know, it's things that are going to make your life better. But writing them down definitely for me has helped. And then you made that reference that um, we've we've heard it from a few guests before on the podcast, Bear, around be clear about where you want to get to, but be flexible about the route you take to get there. So would you tell us about that adaptability piece in your goal planning that allows you to respond to setbacks or failures? Yeah, I think I think especially as sort of men, we sort of people love, you know, like be absolute rigorous dogma, you know, you know, but I think life is also is ebb and flow, isn't it? And look at nature, there's often it's always flowing, it's, it's twisting, it's turning, you know, there's very few straight lines in nature. And I think as I get older, I try and listen to that kind of spiritual sort of side a little more of, of how nature works and have that sensitivity. And it's that lovely quote of there's always music in the garden, but our hearts have got to be still sometimes to hear it, you know. And I think that's how life is as well, that, you know, sometimes the universe telling us stuff, you know, when to push, when to hold back, when to listen, when to adapt, when to change. And, you know, it's a great skill of a mountaineer as well. You know, it's why they say the best mountaineers are a little bit older because they have that sensitivity. It's not just kind of death or glory we're going, you know, it's a sensitivity when to pause, when to push. And I think it's the same with goal setting. We need to have that sensitivity and adaptability. And, you know, wisdom is knowing the difference between that and when just to be resolute and not to give up and just to keep going. And that's, that's just wisdom of life and it comes with the experience. But but I do think this thing of failure is so key. You know, for me, I know when I set a big goal, the first thing I do in my brain is almost anticipate opposition and criticism and opponents and naysayers and dream stealers and above all failure. And when I see all of those things, for me, they're like flags. They're, they're flags of not, not red flags, but good flags. Flags that say, ha, we're, you know, they're little signposts saying we're doing something right. We're, we're on the right track here. And I think that could be a good symbol that you're, your goal is big enough and uh, don't be put off by those things, you know, because m- most people run at the first sign of battle, you know, as soon as it gets hard and the storm and the rains comes. But if you treat those things as like, ah, hey, good, we're in the fight. Here we go. You know, game on. And, and I think opposition ultimately is a chance to distinguish ourselves. It's a chance to show what we're really made of, you know, and everyone can talk a good game, but you know, ultimately it's about what happens when that first resistance, you know, starts to come. So that's almost your energy then when you see, I don't know, when you create something as successful as you have and you have someone trying to ape it or copy it, that's almost an energy source. I think so. And and also the other thing to remember with any successes I've had, you know, and I say this not sort of like with false modesty, it's, ge- it's a genuine sort of feeling is that there's been so many real failures behind it you know and I said this to our teenagers the other day you know they kind of see the they've grown up with the fruits of the good stuff in our life you know whether it's good friendships or whether it's a you know live in a nice place or or whatever it is they've seen the they've seen the successes and uh and I had to kind of point out to them just just how many tv shows for example we've had that have bombed that have been done a few episodes and been canned and cancelled and ditched and written off and you know and the ratio was 
was huge compared to the successes. But what happens is that the successes tend to define us, define, as you said, Jake, you know, that's how we get described, you know, you've done this, you've done that, you know, so we focus on the successes, but they're only reached through the doorway of probably a ratio with me of about 10 failures to one hit. So I try to say to our boys, therefore embrace the failures, take them as a good sign, you're doing something right, you know, good for you, good for you, you know, you're on the road. What we often say to people on this podcast is failure is a comma, not a full stop. And expecting it is something that's really important because it arms you. And I, I, it's important that you say that. And I also just want to pick up on you know the, the comment about high performance can be daunting. You're absolutely right, which is why we want to have conversations like this, because the point of this podcast, right, is that everyone can be high performance, but it's high performance in their own world. And that can be having a conversation with a colleague or a partner that you put off for a long time. It can be making sure that you just think for 10 seconds about your breakfast or you give yourself five minutes at the end of the day to reflect or to talk in a positive way to yourself. All of those things are high performance. And I know when people don't listen to this podcast, Bear, because they go, I've heard it, but it's just like successful people telling me how successful they are. But like successful people fail more often than anybody else. But you're the kind of person that just keeps on buying a lottery ticket and you keep on buying and buying and buying and it might only be that one out of a hundred pay out, but it's that ability to keep going. It's that resilience, I think, that that separates people. I think so. And it's nice to hear you you treat high performance like that, because that that ultimately it's got to be attainable, you know. And the truth is most 90, well, I'd say 100% of people who are successful. They're all regular people at the end of the day. You know, you get the odd absolute superstar. But even like, even the sporting world with the real superstars, I think they, they did this survey the other day of like, they measured the hand-eye coordination of Federer and, and, um, and Nadal. And they were all really subpar. Subpar to the, you know, they were, they were on the average of, compared to the other pros, they were way, way down. And I like that because something else has to separate people. And, you know, I mean, I look at your, that word high performance and, you know, I think, what does, that, what does that mean to me? I mean, I love the scout thing, which is, you know, of do your best, you know, the dib, dib, dib. Do you remember that? Dib, 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 dob, 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 which was, and I, I never knew what it meant, but it was, it was do your best, do your best. And then we go, do our, we'll do our best, we'll do our best. And I think that's a great, simple way of tackling life, tackling goals, tackling relationships, tackling projects, tackling dreams. You know, it's not be the best. You know, it's not be the best because we can't all be the best, you know, but it's do our best, you know, do be your do, best, do your it? best. And and I love that. And that's the sort of daily thing when we're feeling quite fragile and, and you know, nobody feels very brave or brilliant six in the morning when you get up or whatever time you get up for things and I think sometimes all you can do is to go do you know what dib 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 come on you know (laughs) let's let's put it on like a pair of socks today and like a t-shirt we're going to put on a do I'm going to do my best today you know it might not be much but uh, if you do it long enough you do it consistently enough with a smile on your face you're going to get somewhere great so when you do your best then bear what percentage of that would you say is down to your mentality well, I don't think my best is particularly brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I really modest, don't. Modest, modest. No, but I don't say my, I really do. And the, oh, the more I sort of live and the more I kind of see, the more I realise how really very ordinary I am at all these things. And I think part of it's come from a lifetime of being surrounded by brilliant people, uh, you know, and especially more, the more success, more worldly success we've sort of gained, 
the more I kind of ended up even more surrounded by brilliant people, you know, whether it's even standing on a stage, speaking to pe- speaking in front of, you know, big numbers of people, you know, you're, you're, suddenly you're there with the best speakers in the world rather than just a women's institute like the old days, you know, <laughs> or, you know, if I'm out there doing a big kind of skydiving sequence or something instead of just me and on my own with a drunk sort of Panamanian pilot jumping, now we've got the best guys and we're training, we've got earpiece and we're doing this and, you know, and in a way it's made me realise how very average I am at, at at so many things. But I've also learned that that's okay. You know, you don't need to, it's not, you know, so much pressure in life that you got to be the best, you got to, you know. And it's an exhausting way to live and, and not always fruitful and not always happy, you know. So I, I, that's why I like this thing of just do, do your best, you know, be grateful, value the real things above the, the unreal things, value the friendships, the relationships, the, the peace in your heart, the important things in life over the fluff. And the fluff of life can be very intoxicating. You know, when people first get success or first experience a, a win, whether it's in mountaineering or sport or business or whatever, you know. But as you know, if you meet somebody who's, they've won Wimbledon or they've climbed or whatever, and, and, and they're they're full of themselves. It erodes everything, doesn't it? It erodes. You're not. You're not. You no longer care, you know. And it's um, such a life journey. This of, of realizing the important stuff. And families are very good for that. Yeah, I think families. I have a very grounding family. You, I can't. You can't get big-headed in my household. You know, I have three teenagers who take the mick out of me ruthlessly all day. You know, I have a wife who's who's sort of, you know, rolls her eyes, but is loving. You know, loving a guy, but kind of sees it sees the reality. You know, number of times I've been in the bath and. You know, she go, gosh, if all these people could realise, you know, the, the <laughs> you know, as I'm going, Ooh. you know, I mean, just listen, welcome to life, you know. <laughs> Did you ever, though, have to be careful, Bear, like when you saw that the Bear Grylls brand was taking off and then the TV shows, I mean, you know, billions, if not hundreds of millions have watched your TV shows around the world and you find yourself exploring, you know, mountains with Barack Obama. Was there ever a point where you had to check yourself and just be like, look, Bear, be careful here. Don't don't get lost in the trappings of all of that vacuous and actually empty stuff that feels so wonderful in the moment. Yeah, I think that's, is, does that ever end? You know, I think we always have to check ourselves wherever we are in our life. Not not just about sort of not being big headed, but it's just about being kind and, and, and listening. And, you know, and for me, it's a daily thing. It re- you know, it's a daily thing. But I really notice. I look back on so much of my career and I think in the early days where people didn't know my stuff and I, everything was out there to kind of, I was like, come on, I want to show the world, you know? And it's why that, if I think of my first TV show, Man vs. Wild, seven seasons of one lone man flexing his muscles, trying to show the world he's great. And then when you start to kind of get there, then it's sort of like, I don't actually, this doesn't feel very comfortable as a place. I don't actually like this. And then you know, when nobody really watched the show, I didn't mind it. But then suddenly people started to watch it. And then then it's like, oh, I struggled more with that. And it's why I love taking the shows on to make it about other people. It's why I love running wild. It's why I love you versus wild, taking other people, showing other people, helping other people, empowering other people. It's why I love my chief scout role, you know, empower, helping, always, always kind of diverting and deflecting, pointing to Johnny, who's a hero, and this person doing amazing, and come on, together we're stronger. And... And if anything I've found over the years, it's become a process of trying to deconstruct the hero, you know, because as you say, you know, now I get introduced with these amazing introductions, but that's a glossy side. The other side of the coin is grubby and pretty ordinary. And, you know, and in a way I feel 
it's an important part of the show. Otherwise, otherwise everything's so not attainable and it's not, and also it's not real, you know. So, Bert, I've heard you talk in the past around uh, the role of Chris Carter, one of your leaders when you were in the military. How, how I mean, would you share some of the insights that he taught you, but equally tell us about what that taught you about this deconstructing the hero role? Gosh, yeah, that goes straight. That goes straight to my heart. That that's yeah. Um, well, first of all, there was a hero. You know, there was a hero. Chris was. Uh, Chris was. My first sergeant when I first joined my squadron in twenty one SAS, a, a giant of a man, <laughs> gruff, opinionated, hard, <laughs> but fair and kind, and a real influence on me. I think as a as a young soldier of how to be, you know, he he was, you know, he was quietly spoken, but saw things, you know, saw saw things in people and and looked out for the right people at the right time. And I, I just always remember him once we were in in the desert together and we were waiting for a resupply of, of equipment and, and water and, uh, and it was overdue and ended up like we were like two or three days overdue and out of water and in this hide in the desert, you know, what they call LUP, lying up point and we were boiling hot and it was like, you know, and we were rationing our water and I remember finishing mine and Chris had been much smarter. He'd really rationed it well, you know, he'd done it better. But I was really suffering. And then we had like a long, you know, 20K exfil to get to the helicopter at night. And it was, you know, just, I was, I was really struggling at this point. And we, I'd seen him rationing his water and saving it and just being smart. And But he could also see us struggling. And I'd just never forget, he came up to me and we were having a little stop and we were like, you know, six hours into this extraction and, and he just he just took me aside and he said, hey, you know, and he just made me take this last cap of his water, you know, that for us at this stage was like gold. But it wasn't in front of anyone, you know. I said, no, 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 I've got it, I've got it, I'm good. And he goes, hey, hey, drink the water, you know. And that tiny little capful gave me more strength than any water ever could, you know. And Chris was then sadly uh, lost his life in Afghanistan, and I suppose for me, I always thought the man was pretty immortal, you know, pretty invincible. And it was a reminder that life's hard and, and things happen and the best often go too young. But I always I always remember that and thought, you know, I'm going to live with, um, try and live with a little bit of his spirit. If you don't mind talking about it, and obviously it's, it's difficult, what are the... What are the elements he gave to your life that you that you carry with you today? Because I think that that is, as you say, that is the best way to remember the people that have that have had a, a powerful impact upon us. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. I think the answer to that is example, you know, and try and and serve other people and help other people and 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 walk walk humbly and be hard as nails on the inside when you need to, but be hard for other people. Be, you know, hard, not not to, to pump yourself up, but to protect and do good things for other people. And, you know, he he was certainly no angel, you know. <laughs> but, you know, had a big heart and wasn't, you know, courage in the right moments. And I think we live in a world where everyone's very keen to show their courage loud and front and centre. Like, back to our Sebastian conversation at start, you know, the, the person at school with the overconfidence, you know, and, and the wisdom in life and the lesson in life is learning. You don't need to be like that. You know, it's what you do unseen, quietly and for other people and and to guard the things that really matter. And that's why I come back to that family first thing. It's, you know, it's easy to be a hero publicly when people only see 5% of, of something. 
But it, I always say, if you want to know what someone's really like, ask their kids, ask their wife. And what would your children say about you then, Bear, if we were if we were to ask them? <laughs> Flawed. <laughs> Flawed. Um, I don't know. I, I hope ultimately that, you know, for me, it's a clear goal. I want to be, I want to be a great dad for, you know, and, and, and good husband first and foremost. And, and the reason I work hard and I've been ambitious in my work and I've gone for it and I've tried to be resilient is, is ultimately for that. You know, I, I want to do, um, provide well for the family and, and, and have that. But I do try and guard those relationships. I mean, I think if you ask them, what is, what do I stand for? They would roll their eyes and go, oh, NGU, never give up, you know, and they roll their <laughs> eyes because they they've heard it 10 times a day since they've been kids. But I don't apologise for that, you know, and long after I'm gone, when they're telling stories to their grandkids one day about great-grandpa, you know, I don't mind if that's my, if that's the, that's it, you know, have a never give up spirit because it, it, it conquers all as you go. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, look, as you know, in high performance, we love to highlight businesses doing things a better way. That's why we're proud to partner today with Mint Mobile. And when I found Mint Mobile, I had to share it with you. They've ditched retail stores and all the overhead costs and passed those savings on to you. Right now, Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk and text plus data for $15 a month. And for me, those numbers are fantastic. I've been paying way more than that for my whole life. So if you hate your phone bill, Mint Mobile can offer you premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All the plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can choose from three, six or 12-month plans. Say goodbye to your monthly phone bills. So to get your wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash HPP. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash HPP. Additional taxes, fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Today's episode of High Performance is in partnership with MindLift and many of you may have heard already that in 2023 I decided to give MindLift a go. The neuroscience-based personalised brain trainer to improve your focus and your relaxation. So I popped on the headband, I downloaded the MindLift app and connected to my own personal neuro coach. And look, because of my job as a podcaster, I get to experience so many different things that people tell me are going to benefit my life. And in all honesty, once I started using MindLift, I just found that I felt sharper, my focus was better. And I think something else that you can't necessarily feel is that it offers an improvement for overall brain health. I also was really reassured by the fact that this is trusted by clinicians around the world. I know for a fact it's used by top athletes. I've spoken to some of them about how much they love it. And the fact that the whole experience is customised by your own neuro coach, I think just makes it really smart. So if you want to get involved and you're interested, now is the time with a $40 discount exclusively for you. And if you want to get $40 off your first subscription, just go to mindlift.com slash high performance. That's M-Y-N-D. 
L-I-F-T dot com slash high performance. As no. One of the things that, that I like the most about your career, Bear, is the diversity. And you've created some amazing things. So I'm interested, what do you consider to be the, the three most critical factors when you're taking on a project, whether that is a book, whether it's scaling a mountain, whether it's working out or whether it's just spending time with the people that you truly love? What are the three most critical factors in that? And I'm also interested in, in what, what are the most common mistakes that people make as well when taking on new projects? I think choosing a right team you know, so important. I truly feel I stand on the shoulders of giants in so many areas, you know, whether it's the Chris Carters or the, you know, many peop- early people who, who believed in me in the TV world when I certainly didn't believe in myself. You know, I look back to our first ever producer who had to persuade me three times I said no to TV. And he goes, no, you should do it. And I go, but I don't know about TV. I'm not a TV person. He's going, do it, do it. You know, and I, I think back and I go, what an idiot I was saying no. You know, it's an opportunity. I should have grabbed that. And and I got lucky. And and I actually, uh, you know, I didn't see him for many, many years, this guy, Rob McIver, a producer. And I rang him last year. And I said, I just want to say um, thank you, really. You know, I, I, we stand on the shoulders of giants and you've been one of them for me. And, and I want to say, you know, Thank you. And um, he said, Bear, have you been drinking? <laughs> <laughs> had you been drinking? <laughs> well, I might, have, I might have had a couple. But, <laughs> but I just wanted, you, you know what I mean. But so team, I think having great people around you, I've done, I've, I've known the Valley for many years now of that. It's why such credit to our, our TV team that, you know, our safety team we work with, you know, the, the team I work with now, I even look at our, our BMF, you know, our B Military Fit, you know, fitness company. I think the great value in so many areas of my life, it's a community were built of like-minded motivated kind positive people who've got your back and as you guys know that is huge currency in life huge currency of people who've got your back who who will, who will encourage you when you're struggling so i say that is a key one when taking on big projects i think having your priorities right you know for me it's all you know the family first thing is key don't get dragged away for too long for too little you know, just just saying, actually, is that is that is that right? Who's really winning out of this one? Let's look at this. And certainly for me, I made many mistakes like that in the early days of TV. I'd, you know, I came from a a background, you know, certainly through the military stuff. People asked a favour, you'd you'd go the extra mile for it. So suddenly, when we had TV producers go, oh, it's just a favour. Could we do this? And could we do that? And push for that? And I go, but that's um, that's 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 our boys half term. And I promise we wouldn't do that. But if it's a real favour, I'll do it. And then you do it, and the, there's damage at home, and then six months later the tv producer leaves anyway and you're left feeling like well hold on what what was that for that was actually for his career not for me and and you, you learn and you smarten up and people struggle to say no they struggle to say no and yeah. it's been a key a key lesson a key your priorities but learning to say no comes from knowing your priorities if you know your priorities family first you know you've got to i mean for us we have it clear in, in our offices of like you know you've got to you've got to be safe no point you know it's no point dying you know that's a waste it's got to be fun it's got to be not too long away from my family it's got to be empowering for other people what we do and then it's got to pay well but you know the pay was down at five or six in the list really and we know if we look after the others well the money doesn't actually always follow but at least you're working to your priorities you know that's the thing and, and you guard the things that actually are of most value to you I saw an article, Bear, where you said that integrity matters and few friendships carry you a long way. So from talking to the people that you worked with before we recorded today, a small team and keeping continuity seems to be important. So what I'm interested in is how do you choose those people that you permit to come into your inner circle? 
And how do you deal with those that maybe sometimes let you down and betray that trust? First of all, some of the best team members we have in our team have messed up royally along the way, you know, in the early days. And, and I think forgiveness for all of us is so important. You know, I think we're not looking for perfect people. You know, we're looking for people we, we like and we trust and, and we believe have our back. And that thing of integrity, integrity doesn't mean somebody's perfect, you know, because I am far from it. You know, my, my stuff is, is a long list and I wouldn't want many cupboards to be opened, you know. So, but it's, it's, it's about trying to be honest and, and, and sharing the vulnerabilities and having, you know, as you know, when you're honest with someone, you, you build bonds. And when there's bonds, there's strength and there's connection. So, so we have, I always say to all of our teams, it's, we're a band of fallen warriors, <laughs> you know, flawed and full of a lot of Murdochs and Mavericks and, and BA Barabbases, you know, <laughs> who are kind of wild and difficult and opinionated. And, but, you know, they have your back. So I think that is a key one. Yeah. Love that. We're going to finish with some quick fire questions in a second. But before we get to that, one other area that I'm really interested to explore is when you've got so many things and you wear so many different hats, what can you do? to make sure that the quality of everything that bears your name, which is so important, is the quality that you would expect? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. I think um, in terms of, you know, we do, you know, I look at the things we're, we're involved with and, and I think learning to say no, you said it, is, is key. Um, not doing it for the money, doing it because you'd do this for no money. You know, I think that's been a, it's a good good indicator. Maybe not for everyone's world, but for, for my world, it's a good, would I do this if it paid nothing? I look at being chief scout and I go 100%, well, it does pay nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but that one I would definitely, you know, do. I look at our That's BMF harder stuff. though for people that haven't had success, isn't it? That's one that's of true. the challenges. That's why I, say, that's why I say, say that. But you asked for me, you know, how do I approach it now in a, in a way where we get lots of offers a lot? But I do, I do look at it like that. But I do also think when it comes to money stuff, I think often it's like a butterfly. If you just chase it, you know, whatever level of, you know, you're at, if you chase it, it often flies away. And sometimes when you stop and you just focus on doing what you love and doing it with heart and integrity and passion and resilience and with a great team and you're going to put all hours and, and everything into this with a smile on your face, how often do we see then that the financial success actually does follow? So I, I think it does go broader. But for me now, I look at, you know, I look at our, our B Military Fit stuff, you know, it's, we, I love that. For me, it's, it's, it's a servicing of supporting veterans. I love it. I love that community. You know, I look at our theme park stuff. We now just put everything back into that to get to fund, you know, disadvantaged kids and disabled kids and charities and kids to be able to get them to that. I love that. That is worth more than anything for me. You know, I, I love those things. So, you know... We try and approach it like that. And then you, you only need a few one or two winners that is going gonna, is gonna to pay really well. And that kind of covers other stuff. So I look now and I think what's actually going to make all of us as a team, you know, and it's, it's a small but mighty team that helped me now in many areas. But what really motivating for them and for myself is to try and empower other people with stuff. And, and I think the worldly success will, God willing, follow that and if it doesn't it's okay as well you know but let's keep the mission about empowering other people and giving them tools and 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 things that are going to help them in in their life you've done that with be military fit i was looking at the amazing statistics of how much you've increased females being successful in their pursuit of a military career through be military fit could you share with our listeners because i think that what creates a successful military career are actually the skills that we can all employ in our everyday lives. What are the things that are being passed on to 
the people that are taking part in Be Military Fit that's having such an impact that maybe our listeners can also learn from? BMF is it's a veteran, a veteran-born sort of company, and people often think it's just for military guys, but it's not. It's, it's military-inspired people as trainers reaching out into the community, and and the power of it is that it's it is it's community. You know, it's together. You're doing so whether you're old, whether you're young, whether you've ever done fitness for, whether you're a super athlete. You know, it's everybody coming together, being outside. I think the last two years have taught us the importance of being together with people we love and trust and have our backs outside in the fresh air in the sunlight you know and I see that really change people's mental health as much as their physical health I get letters all day and emails from people you'd never think would do this sort of training but they, they they love it and they and it's because they're not stuck solitary in a gym under white light with people posing and tensing their muscles they're outside they're laughing they're in the mud and there's something about that kind of inner resilience that we started off this podcast talking about that gets built when you're when you're laughing and you're in the rain you're cold and you've had to you've had to dig a little bit deep to go at six in the morning or six in the evening after work and go to the park but then you're laughing and then you're in it and you're with other people and you're outside and for me it's as much about helping people live strong lives inside as much as it is the sort of the the outer muscles and and that's what I love about that you know and and the stuff we're doing for the army recruits has just been a it's really a fruit of of that sort of spirit you know we've we now do all the recruit training for for young people about to join the army they go through our program and the army know they arrive now fit for purpose and the numbers passing has gone through the roof and especially as you say with with women and it's wonderful to see but ultimately it always comes back to the same thing they're doing better because they're smiling they're happy and they're, they're going for it with somebody as part of a, a group in a community so Bear, we finish our interviews with um, quick fire questions. So the first one is, what are the three non-negotiable behaviours that you and everyone around you has to buy into? Mm. <laughs> um, first of all, nobody has to buy it. They don't, we're not, it's, not a, it's not a dictatorship. <laughs> you know, I think we're all individual, respect the individual. Um, but I would say the three things that stand out in, in all we do, try to stand out, is number one, that family first, you know, I, I come back to it, but I don't apologise for it. I think the faith element in my life has been really important, just a quiet kind of backbone to help me through the good and the bad times. I try and start every day just on my knees saying, you know, call it meditation, call it prayer, call it what you like. But I I kneel down before the Almighty and say sorry, say thank you and ask for help. And then the third one is another F. So we've got family faith and the third one's fun you know it's it's got to be fun you know it's we're in a super privileged position you know it's got to be fun you know you can't be lucky and and be ungrateful and and be morose you know I'd be so fortunate but I look back again and that attitude for me was there from the beginning you know when I talked about my mum's birthday pulling out the school reports there it was young grills happy-go-lucky attitude is only going to get him so far in life you know latin teacher mr shorthand jones 1987 but actually it carries people far and, and you've you got to keep it fun and you've got to be able to laugh at yourself and, and laugh at tough situations. So those three things have been key. If you could go back to one period in your life, where would you go and why? I think the days, the few days after I passed SAS election were special for me. You know, they were kind of young, free, unbridled and with my best buddy and we'd come through so much. It'd been a long tough year we had failed selection uh for the special forces first time you know so it made it even sweeter getting it at the end i think the magic for those days 
was that it it was a birth of a quiet confidence and we again we talked about this but it was a birth of real confidence rather than kind of anything else that actually I could do this you know I I can do this when the chips are down I've proved myself I've got you know I'm, I've got it and and that was that kind of attitudes helped me so much and once I was there I was never going to live that down you know and, and we went through many tougher times afterwards and after I left the military and other th- difficult moments but I knew that I got it I kind of I felt you know what I've shown I've proved to myself it's it's good just focus on doing the things and smiling when it's raining and being resilient and when everyone's throwing in the towel you pick yourself up and you go harder and this is your chance to shine and those simple things were spoken about but it was all born in those those days and that person I passed with out of the four of us that were stood there at the end 120 of us started SAS selection four at the end and they're still my you know best buddies to this day whatsapp group never stops pinging I love it what's the biggest sacrifice you've ever made I think in the early days definitely of having a family and working hard I was I was away a lot you know in our early years of marriage and when our boys were small you know but would I do that differently? Maybe, maybe I think, you know, I do feel I was doing my time and I was, you know, you know, we had no ownership of the shows and we were run ragged dawn to dusk and almost died a hundred times and all of that, you know, but I was doing my time and it was in a way a good time to work hard and then it's allowed us to pull back more control now and to be able to have a clear articulation of family first. But I think in those days, Shara shouldered a lot for us. She is truly one of the... Sh- you know, when I talk about giants in, in my life, she's been one of them. Finally, Bet, um, and this is kind of your last message, I guess, to the people that have, have listened to this episode, which um, has been fantastic. What is your one golden rule to those listening to this to live a high-performance life, the final thing you, you'd like to leave them with? Well, I think like with my kids, I think the NGU. If I was ever going to get a tattoo, which Shara would divorce me, she said. <laughs> although I'm quite tempted, it would probably be never give up. You know, I, I think it's, you know, don't, don't be scared of those failures. You know, they are key. Like we said, they're the stepping stones. you got to go through them. You know, it's that thing of uh, don't let success go to your head or failure go to your heart. I, li- I, I always like that. But um, ultimately know that the currency for you of real value, you know, it's not, it's not the Bitcoin or the or whatever it's it's that never give up resilient attitude you know and the great thing about life is that all those things we talked about with Sebastian at the beginning you know about good looking sporty academic people at school those are all natural talents but never give up spirit is is a muscle that all of us can trade doesn't matter it's not a god-given thing you only get it by by practicing it and, and by failing lots and I like that because it's a it's a leveler so I would say that NGU what a brilliant way to finish um Bear, thank you so much. And I just get the sense that in a world where it feels ever more like we're prioritising and celebrating all of the wrong things, you're someone who has had incredible success, yet at the heart of it all, the priorities remain absolutely right. And, you know, for you to come on here and really tell the truth about people who are in a fortunate position like you are, that it isn't waking up every day in a bed of roses with people peeling grapes and telling you how amazing you are. I think it's powerful for people to hear that because we're sending out the wrong messages a lot of the time and our, our job on this podcast is to try and change that. So thank you so much for such valuable yeah, insight. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Damien. Jake. I think um, that is up there with the most inspiring conversations I think we've had on this podcast and you get the real sense that 
I suppose what I was thinking, right, is that we see the Bear Grylls, that not necessarily he wants us to see, we see the Bear Grylls at the TV execs and the authors and the social media managers and the channel controllers and the, all those people want us to see, you know, the lovely, glitzy, glossy, short shots of him doing all things amazing. And I think that what we saw today was a different Bear Grylls. Absolutely, yeah. That line, I've, I wrote it down as soon as he said it, Jake, that don't let success go to your head, but don't let failure go to your heart, I think is something that anyone listening to this can take away wherever they are on that scale of if things are going well, stay humble. If things are going wrong, don't take it personal, but learn from it. And that's a message that resonates across generations, across races, across nations. Yeah, there's loads of things I've written down actually from that from that conversation what was your favourite one that he said I really like it actually when he talks about he starts every day with a prayer and he and it and it, and it was less that he starts every day with a prayer it was more that he starts every day by just saying sorry and thank you and can I help because I kind of get the impression that that is the message he gives off to every person he meets and every business dealing that he has you know he'll, he will always apologise if he hasn't got it right he will always say thank you because that's the kind of person he is but the, the final one, can I help? You know, he really, he's lived a life of service, hasn't he? And even yeah. now it is a life of service. And I know cynics will listen to this going, shut up, you idiot. He's on a TV show watched by billions. That's not a life of service. But it is. Look at the, ch- yeah. look at Sebastian is a great example that it's a life of service. Yeah, just the small moments, like his example of Chris Carter, the his leader in the SAS, the guy that gave him his last drop of water when he was struggling. That, to me, is the epitome of what leadership in the military is about of you serve to lead and I think that's exactly what he's doing whether it's people in his military fitness campaign or whether it's trying to re-inspire the generation that are coming behind us you're absolutely right I think that that humility and that will that gratitude uh, a powerful powerful combination Okay, now, Damien, as you know, we love it when people reach out to us, share their thoughts on the podcast. If you're listening to this and you haven't either rated or reviewed the pod or pinged us a message on Instagram, we'd love you to do that. We love hearing from you. Uh, We also love hearing from people's wives as well, because that's what happened last week. Um, Listen to this. Hi, I love your podcast. Truly inspiring. But I wanted to write to you about my husband and I wondered if you'd ever interview someone who is a non-celebrity but who's achieving, stroke, achieved remarkable things while just living his normal day-to-day life as a husband and as a dad but whose drive, determination and self-belief is making his everyday high-performing. He's a normal guy from Doncaster who left school with no qualifications but who served his country as a Royal Marine, worked for MI5 and then left to open a Brazilian jiu-jitsu academy, which even in COVID has become the second fastest growing academy in the world. On top of this, in December, he will row solo across the Atlantic to raise over £70,000 for Leeds Children's Hospital, as both our boys were born dangerously early. He's a normal guy doing extraordinary things driven only by his own self-belief. How wonderful would it be for your listeners to hear his story too as a normal dad and husband? Nothing is ever out of reach. And here he is. Mike, welcome to High Performance. Thanks for having me, Jake. Wow, that was a bit of a bit of an email, wasn't it? Just tell you, Mike, that Jake and I have both just conceded alpha male status to you on this call. <laughs> <laughs> we also know that you wrote it and pretended it was your wife. That's exactly what I did. I'm not married. I'm not even married. No kids. Just made it all up. 
No, look, right, let's get serious then. Um, obviously, your wife is a big fan of yours, and it's lovely that she felt that she could do that and she could reach out to us. If I'm someone listening to this and I read about, you know, working for, you know, MI5 or serving as a Royal Marine and then wanting to row across the Atlantic or opening your jiu-jitsu academy, yes, we can learn a lot from billionaire CEOs and professional athletes and things, but I think I would love to know from you, what do you think it is that means you, A, believe you can do all this and B, make it happen? Um... Well, I mean, listening to your podcast, I've thought about this a lot. And I think that's why Sarah probably wrote in because a lot of what we hear you guys talk about is has made me reflect and realise just what I've been doing. And, and I, you know, let's get this out there now. She, she didn't write in to kind of brag about what I'd done. I think she really wanted to try and inspire some people who perhaps still feel, even though um, your podcast talks about it a lot, still feels perhaps that those celebrities or Olympians are kind of out of reach. I think ultimately for me, it's about having purpose and a meaning and com- like setting goals consistently and then just working towards them. And I think it's, it is that simple. Provided you're moving forward on a path, um, you can create opportunities and then you've got to take them, of course. But without that journey, without the goals, you're simply standing still. So tell us about the journey that you've and the process that you engaged in, Mike, about rowing across the Atlantic in in December this year. So tell us about the purpose and then how you've set goals for that. Sure. Well, I mean, both my boys were, were born very, very early. Um, 10 years ago, my, my youngest boy was born 11 weeks prem, so needed a lot of help and he had meningitis. So he was very, very sick. And it was at that time that I realised that a lot of the funding for the NHS doesn't actually support some of the critical care in terms of staffing and, and technology as well. And I knew I wanted to do something tangible. So Immediately after I did some charity stuff and raised a couple of grand, but I wanted to do something big, something that could actually provide something for a family that would make them not suffer like we did. So, I mean, you're not going to raise 700,000 quid doing Leeds 10K. So it had to be something big. And I stumbled across ocean rowing. I'm not, I'm five foot eight. I'm not built like a rower. I'm no James Cracknell. And I'm, uh, I'm not a massive fan of deep open water either. So both those things made me interested in it because I always try and pick goals which, perceivably out of reach and also the fact that it's it's a massive project to row solo it's a it's a two and a half year campaign so that was the purpose and i've been at this now for 18 months i sacrificed a career in in my five as we spoke about to do this as well so it means a lot so tell us about your relationship with failure when things don't go the way you want and often this can be even harder when you have a real purpose to something because the desire and the desperation to be successful is so great. It's not just like, oh, well, I'll try something else. You know, you want to achieve this target. So what are your tips for people listening to this when it comes to failure and struggle? I mean, I don't see failure, really. I, I don't I don't recognise it really as a, as a thing. I feel like whenever obstacles are placed in your way, there's an opportunity there for you to decide how you move forward with that and whether or not, you choose failure, and that's, I think, it's a choice, and you can choose it and pack it in, um, or you can actually see it as another opportunity or a, a bend in the road. There's always an opportunity. I don't believe failure actually exists. I think it's a perspective. And there's a great saying, Mike, around that everything that happens to you brings you to the moment that you're in. So when you look back over the career that you've had, whether this is the Marines or whether it was MI5 on the, uh, the jiu-jitsu school, what are the qualities that have been consistent across your career 
that you feel is going to help you get across the Atlantic? Well, it's interesting. So one of the things this week, uh, I did a little bit of self-reflection and I sent, um, I sent a message out to six people, kind of some student, family member, uh, in a bit of a 360 really that you'd do in kind of the business world. And just said, if there was one word that you could describe it, be honest, what would it be? And, and determined came back out of four out of the six. So I think I've been determined no matter what I've done. And I think you don't, you don't get into the Royal Marines and become a commando unless you're determined to pass the commando course. You don't then do what I did with MI5 for 15 years without being determined to succeed because it's quite a competitive environment, of course. A lot of people want to do that work. And I think the Ocean Row itself, because it's, there's so many unknowns out there because Mother Nature gets to decide you know, what happens, the determination is the one thing to succeed and to push forward in them goals, the one thing that's always going to carry you through a relentless daily discipline to move towards your goals. I believe that unless you're doing something every single day towards your goals, you simply don't want it enough. And how does that play into the conversation that we've just heard on this episode with Bear Grylls, where he talks about family first? How do you get that balance right? I think that's something I need to get better at in the future. I think I've always, obviously, my upbringing, I haven't got a relationship with my father. So part of being a, a dad is for me to be the best possible dad I can be. Um, I think it's really tough, isn't it? Because in order to push forward in one direction, you know, you're going to lose something on the other side. And I worked away a lot. Um, and at times I would put my career first as well. Um, I reconciled that by the very fact that I was serving my country. And I think that was an important thing to do. And this is funny, but my wife put in my Christmas card this year, you know, good luck on the road. Let's smash it, but let's have a quieter 2023. And I think what she means by that is let's, just stop making those goals externally and let's maybe have a goal to be a little bit more present, um, which I, which I intend to do. Finally, where can people get a bit more information about your challenge and maybe donate if they so wish? Well, I'd love it if people checked out my Instagram at the Atlantic Grappler or they can find me at the Atlantic Grappler.com. Um, I'll tell you everything about the challenge there and a little bit about me. I mean, I've not spoken before today. I've not spoken publicly about, working in my five, 15 years. And I think this is a, a great podcast to be able to say that on. I have intentions of perhaps writing a book in the future about my experiences. So thank you to you guys as well for, for doing what you do, because I'll be honest, in lockdown, when I made the decision to leave and to start a contact sport in lockdown when you couldn't have any contact and to follow the charity, a lot of what you spoke about resonated, particularly about the kind of building a wall of evidence because it allowed me to believe that it was possible to to do other things in Excel and not just continue to to do the same public sector work that I'd done for 20 years. So I appreciate that. Good man. Mike, the Atlantic grappler, thank you so much and uh, very best of luck with the challenge and uh, everything else you've got going on. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Thank you, guys. Lovely to talk to you. Hey, 100 episodes. Blimey. Bear was cool as well, man. It's a nice... I think this is this is a nice way to do it, don't you? Like Bear Grylls and then a a former MI five operative who was also in the special forces. I like I do like the mix, you know, of like Bear Grylls couldn't walk down any street in Britain without being recognised. Mike could, but actually I bet there's some real parallels. Yeah, that's a really powerful point. Um hey, two weeks as a Sunday Times bestseller, you know, we're in the top 10 again on Sunday. Well, my mum keeps sending me videos when she goes in supermarkets of moving our book over the copy of others as well. So we're at one, two and three around Manchester. I went to my mum and dad's today. It was my mum's 74th birthday. Happy birthday, mum. Oh, you know what? Two things that I loved. 
she's got some headphones for her birthday from my dad so she can listen to the podcast when she's walking the dog <laughs> and then we're sitting there and everyone starts smiling at her and my dad's holding the book above my head <laughs> and I'm like and he goes Sunday Times bestseller and I'm like oh no oh, how lovely is that though I know it is nice isn't it it is nice and um, and happy birthday to you mum happy birthday Mrs Humphrey yeah happy birthday mum so there's a there's a very few tickets left Damien for the high performance tour um, you know obviously we've I sent you the script this week didn't I yes I'm gonna uh, work through it when you have a little read through it is it, what is the sort of the thing you're most excited about with our tour I'm looking forward to the sense of community that comes from it I think it's nice when like speaking to Mike there uh, that he talks about feeling some kind of kinship that it's helped him but to actually meet people that have uh, engaged with the high performance podcast and create that community I like that famous Bruce Springsteen quote that he said nobody wins unless everybody wins and I like the idea of everybody coming along and walking away feeling better for it talking of everybody I looked at the numbers you seem to have about 750 guests coming to the Manchester night <laughs> yeah, it's a huge family uh, outing for that one <laughs> are your kids coming again I think my son is but my daughter gave me some honest feedback and said she was bored at the book tours <laughs> so she can get away with that she's nine um, listen, if you do want um, some of the remaining tickets and there, there might, I'm not sure if there are actually any left, but go to thehighperformancepodcast.com if you want to join us in uh, Birmingham, Manchester, Edinburgh or London. Um, and I might as well tell you now that if you can't get tickets, we are going to be back on the road at the end of 2022 as well, which will be good fun. Um, and we look forward to seeing more of you there. Uh, Damien, thank you so much as always. I feel energised after that episode with Bear and Mike and ready to attack another week. Yeah, me too, Jake. I've loved it as always. I think uh, the authenticity of uh, of our guests um, is what gives us the, the wind beneath our wings. Absolutely. So thanks to them. Thanks to you as well for listening. If you want to see as well as hear from the people on the High Performance Podcast, please subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, just type in High Performance Podcast in YouTube and you'll find all of our videos on our channel there and if you wish to subscribe to the podcast we'd also be hugely grateful for that and please do rate and review it it makes a big difference it allows us to reach out to people that just don't know that we exist and there are a lot of people that don't know this podcast exists and we'd like to change that and if you would like to as well um, then pass it on share it rate it review it whatever you've got time for we'd be most grateful but um, as always huge thanks to all the team to Will to Eve to Hannah to Gemma to Finn at Rethink Audio and anyone else who is involved in helping make this podcast the podcast that it is and remember there is no secret it is all there for you be your own biggest cheerleader make world-class basics your calling card and remember you deserve it see you next week 